the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. It's all I want. She's blonde, five foot two. It's all I need, yeah. And one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. This is my America. Welcome to Hour 2 of tonight's Andrea K. Show on this Friday Eve edition. Yes, indeed. I'm super excited because you know what? We had, to, we had to take a little pause on some of the fun we usually have on Tuesday nights at 7 with our friend Gary Quackenbush. Um, because when he was on last time, it was midterm election night. We had to be all serious. You know how we got to be serious on election night. Well, now we get mm-hmm. to have some fun on non-election night Tuesday at 7. We're going to get, we're going to also give you some news you can use. So it's not going to be just fun. Um, but I'm just glad that we're back to having some fun on Tuesday at 7 p.m. with you, Gary Quackenbush. Thanks for being back with us. I'm so glad to be here. Tuesday night, I got trumped. Yes, <laughs> I'm out of here. You did this Tuesday I night. Did. You did. You got trumped. I got trumped. You know, so I got trumped from Andrew's show. Bounced to Thursday night. So here I yeah. said, what am I? I'm usually on earlier in the week, yes. later in the week, and whatever, Andrea. Yeah, I, it's so funny. Okay. You're right. Good, good, good point, because I, I started talking about Tuesdays when it's actually Thursday. So you're right. You did get trumped. Um, I don't know if you I don't know if you watched uh, the speech or want to weigh in on that at all. I, well, I, there's this radio show that I really like. It's this lady in a red dress uh-huh. with a stick of dynamite. <laughs> she did she did a re, kind of a pre thing. Then she played the whole announcement thing, and then she went and talked about it. She did a great job. I think her name's A AK AK forty seven. Thank that's you. That's what it was. That's it was right. her. Thank you, GK. Yeah, I, I heard it and I heard your comments, and I thought that was very appropriate. Um, I'm sure you are just broken up. By the fact that Nancy's not. <laughs> Can we all take a moment? <laughs> okay, I have a moment. That Please. was just, was that. a moment of silence? We, we should have a moment of silence because she just looked, I, I don't think I've, I don't remember the last time I saw anybody that hang jawed. I mean, that the, the, she was so sad. I don't get it, GQ, Gary Quackenbush from GQ Law, because mm-hmm. if I was in my 80s and had her kind of money and had children and grandchildren, I would have long been home hanging out with my family. But they get so oh. addicted to power, right? That it's mm-hmm. like, it's like somebody, oh. was, I, I don't know, I don't know how many people it took to wrench that gavel out of her hand, right? I mean, we didn't see know. video of that. We didn't We didn't see that she's probably still sitting in that chair. She's probably still right now holding on to that gavel and they're having to go, can somebody get the jaws of life? Can somebody get the Capitol Police to come and use the jaws of life to pry her out of the chair? Because she, cause she well, ain't going nowhere. <laughs> but she, she has said, and this is what I heard, it was on the news, so I uh, know it's true. Of course. Okay. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I just... The thing that I mean, I'm not really politically driven other right. than now that I know you, it's driving me crazy because now I think about politics anymore, uh, but that's Andrea. So <laughs> that's my fault. Um, <laughs> but the um yeah, good way to take it. Big shoulders, girl. So 
it's I hear I keep hearing the report that says so the reason she's not doing it is because her husband had the attempted kidnapping so it's like you guys really blew it for me you tried to steal my husband uh-huh. and so that's I've had enough yeah right. I thought don't <laughs> use your husband as an excuse it's time to move on uh, yes it's time to stay on with your kids yeah and grandkids and great-grandkids and enjoy life because I will tell you I know way too many people mm-hmm. you know I I had a friend of mine's dad I've had you know just all these people in my life that they worked until they dropped dead. Mm-hmm. And I go, wow, how important were you that you couldn't take the time to say, you know what, it's time to move on in yeah. my life and take time with my family. And I don't care her political affiliation. I just, I am really proud of people that decide, you know what, I'm gonna let somebody else take over yeah. with this. I know I did my job and whatever, how horrible or great or made people happy or sad or whatever, who cares? It's like, there really is a time when you gotta call it quits, I think, and just be kind of, mentally mature enough to just say I need to move on well absolutely I think it's for the good of the nation I actually like Trump's idea I think I like Trump's idea of I mean initially our Congress people didn't live in in Washington DC they were business people they were farmers and they would go to DC to do a little bit of business then they would go back into their district where they lived and actually worked their job was not paid for by the taxpayers it wasn't a full-time gig and now it's become not just you know a full-time job but it's become a career and then they then they craft laws and make it possible for them to do some insider trading and then then mm-hmm. it just and little by little it's part of why the government has grown and so I like the idea maybe of some term limits there's pros and cons to that but you know I think people should go if if they're really going to be servants then they should go for one or two terms and then come back and and, and give it up so I'm, I'm actually thinking there's you know Nancy Pelosi going away let's get some fresh blood in there some fresh eyes on things and you know we'll take it from there do you have Gary Quackenbush do you have some wacky laws for us to Tonight, do we have some quack in the whack? But yeah, the wacky law is that you can ca- have an unlimited number of uh, six-year terms in the Senate. <laughs> That's insane. That is pretty wacky. That is but pretty. It, but what I did find that in Alaska, in the state of Alaska, <laughs> it is illegal to be drunk while in a bar. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, I know. What's, the, angry, what's the point for some people to go into a bar? And how do you measure that, by the way? I don't know. And But what's the point of having somebody with these unending terms in in the Senate? Or Good the, point. I don't know. It's a stupid Touche. law. Touche. It's dumb law. Somebody came up with it. Probably had – the way these laws come up is that you get somebody that says, you know, oh, well, my you know daughter was in this bar. Some drunk guy hit on her, yeah. and she's now scarred for life, and so I'm going to make a law and make it so no morons will hit on my daughter yeah. drunk in a bar ever again. They really do. There's a lot of laws like that, and you see them pass. You go, what – I would love to know – what 15 other laws mm-hmm. this thing got snuck in behind because it, <laughs> it, it's always on yeah. the coattail something half yeah. of these wacky laws are like really i mean okay in connecticut a pickle <laughs> sorry I'm, I'm already giggling <laughs> the word a pickle pic- is so funny <laughs> I, it's funny a, a, a pickled yeah so a pickle cannot be considered a pickle or sold as one unless it bounces when it's dropped from the <laughs> height of one foot in the air. <laughs> so anyway, so I, I don't believe you. What? <laughs> Connecticut, whatever. Say what? I know it's just really funny. So, so make sure. So in Connecticut, if that the sad thing is, what if you what if you drop the pickle? If you drop the pickle and it didn't bounce, it's like oh my gosh! You call it, it's nine one one. It's other some other number. 
You get all these 911 calls. <laughs> Ma'am, I dropped my pickle <laughs> and it did not it did not launch into the air. <laughs> What is considered a bounce? I don't know. And, and who's the and what's the enforcement mechanism here? Who is who is the police force is going to go around and enforce yeah. the pickle bounce? And are they going? Is there like a measurement? Is there like somebody? Is there like um, kind of like inspectors? Yeah. That, or do we have pickle bounce inspectors going on in Connecticut? Oh, of course, of course, <laughs> of course they do. Of course, sir, do not put that pickle in your mouth. And they go over and they drop it. And they go that pickle. Get <laughs> him out of here! Get yeah, that pickle out of here! Anyway, oh my and, but gosh. the thing about that, and this is important during, especially the election cycle. I know we're kind of through this, but yeah. in Rockville, Maryland, profanity is illegal when you're driving on any street lane or highway. And if you're caught cursing or swearing, hundred dollar fine. This is where. In Rockville, Maryland. In Rockville, Maryland, they have basically like a swear jar policy that if you it's swear, swear it's a swear jar, jar policy. Okay. Um, that's got to be a really old one because you can't go anywhere now. I mean, people actually are posting videos of two-year-olds swearing and thinking it's cute. How old is that? Yeah. Do you know when that one was passed? When it I was, have no idea. That is I great. think it's revenue generation. I think the cop yeah. just walks up to the guy with his his little his little curse bank and says, <laughs> buddy, put in a hundred bucks or I'm gonna shoot you. I know I just heard you say but. I know I just heard you say but. Put 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 some money in here. And what yeah, what are the swear words? Because where I come from, you couldn't even say B U T T. We had to make yeah. up our swear words when I was a kid because yeah. everything was considered a swear. So we had to like everything was ugly. So we had to make up our own swear words like Shimo Nelly and you know just, they were really dumb, ridiculous words. So you know, did, it, good. I is like those. yeah? Is there? Well, I was afraid to get my my mouth washed out with soap. I didn't cuss when I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, we we we. The reason why we made up our own cuss words is because you didn't cuss around my daddy, the Marine. Okay, I mean, it was. I, I <laughs> went. Figure. I I was probably in a. I was probably seriously an adult before I actually ever heard for the first time in my life some cuss words that are used today. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Now I you mean, hear from little kids. Oh, yeah. Awful. I mean, like, I never heard the F word until I was in college. Ever. Ever. Shocked. Yeah. You. I mean, there's some other. I never heard my parents say a swear word ever until I was in college. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah my, my parents didn't swear. My mom literally. Did you ever get your mouth washed out with soap? No, because nobody swore. And we towed the line. Daddy was a Marine and so was Mama. But in the South at that time, you just didn't hear. It was considered gauche. It was tacky. People just didn't swear. I mean, we, you know, it was about manners. It was still, you know, about manners in society. Yeah. And also... Yeah. Yeah. And then also like in, you know, in, you know, what's the term in, you know, polite society, we mix company also. I'm sure the men were swearing their heads off, but it just wasn't around the women and the children kind of thing. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Well, you know, and and you had to dress. You couldn't be sloppy. You know, if your shoulder was sticking out, you know, hey, your strap showing or whatever. And with the guys like, you know, comb your hair. Right. I don't know. I just. I think there's a time and a place, and now we've gotten gotten really kind of sloppy and really kind of angry and feisty. And we have, don't we don't have. I was on Doctor the Doctor Phil show recently, and the topic uh-huh. was about, yeah, the topic was about women um, bearing too much and wearing too skimpy clothes. And it's like, no, it's not about skimpy clothes. It's about pe- women's, you know, um, sexual parts being on display. And you know, I find it offensive. And you know, the, we've stripped modesty to the point to where women are just they're. Just degrading their own self, chipping away at their self esteem. I had it. I don't know how we got onto this, but yeah, I mean, I you know, um, I'm sorry. It was I guess it's t- illegal to be drunk in a bar in Alaska, and and, and pickles have to bounce a certain amount, or you know, or they're in trouble. So yeah, I, it, I do not eat, eat anything but bouncy pickles. 
And I'll bet, I'll bet Noah, he probably doesn't eat balance. He, I don't know. I'm Does not a big, pi- I don't really understand pickles. I love pickles. pickles and they got to be crisp, baby. I'm not, I don't really understand pickles that much. I'm not a big pickle fan, I will tell you. Um, but can't make a decent potato salad, Andrea, without a decent pickle. Well, pickle relish is one thing that I do use as an ingredient, mm-hmm. but just to sit and eat a pickle, you'll never see me just sitting and eating a pickle. Um, I'm in a pickle. How's this for a segue? I'm up against a break. Gary Quackenbush yeah, is going to stay over with us. We're going to transition into some news you is can he, use. You didn't ask him. Well, I, well, because I, yes, I don't I, have I to ask. He, he has to. He to. doesn't have a choice. He's my boss. <laughs> he doesn't have a choice. He has to You're stick my around. Boss. <laughs> That's You're right, my man. Boss. That's, I got that. That's right. Yeah, my little dynamite thing right <laughs> I actually have a stick of dynamite in my hands. No, I do. It's a fake one. I, could show, I should show it to you. So see, state, I'm showing it to you. That's right. You can't see it? No, okay. I can't see it. I'll but stop I can interrupting you. Go ahead on. It's your show. Go yes, ahead. Yes, we're going to take a break. We come back. More with Gary Quackenbush. GQ Law is going to be with us with the News You Can Use segment. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Politics and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Gary Quackenbush is still with us with the news you can use. Y'all know Gary Quackenbush. GQ Law, you listen to him every day at 2 p.m. here on The Answer San Diego and his Word on Wealth show. All right, so let's get into some news you can use. And it actually, tonight's uh, content began with me watching one of my favorite crime shows on Friday night. I watch, um, people who know me well know that I have been a true crime fanatic since... I read uh, Fatal Vision, which was about the Gary McDonald uh, crime story back in the day. Don't need to go into that. But anyway, I love my uh, true crime. So I'm watching this story Friday night, and it's about man winds up dead. Um, second wife finds him. Um, the, he's got four children from an ex-wife. Um, it's a two-hour special, very complicated two-hour show, very complicated criminal trial. But at the heart of so much of consciousness of guilt, evidence of guilt that she was the one that did it. Um, the reason why a lot of the details here, uh, you know, uh, in terms of consciousness of guilt, it, it's centered around lack of estate planning. Man, and, and I'm trying to make a very long story, a very long, complicated story, um, pare it down to estate planning. <clears throat> but what happened was um, he, he remarries. He doesn't properly handle his estate planning. So then when he comes up dead, nobody um, um, nobody is able to stop her from selling off the family farm that had been in the family for decades. Nobody was able to stop her from having him cremated in spite of the fact that everybody knew that his wishes were that uh, he came from a Catholic family, that he have a proper Catholic burial. Um, she was selling off all kinds of family items and basically because he had no estate, he had no estate plan. She was able to, and and it took about 10 years before she was finally arrested for murdering him. But in the meantime, the family was destroyed financially, emotionally, mentally, and psychologically because he trusted this woman that he married and there wasn't any estate planning done. And so my question for Gary was, um, does it make sense that when doing estate planning, that everybody in the family get a copy of it so that nobody can take advantage of the family, Gary Quackenbush. Okay. That case is, it is a very complicated, criminal, crazy case, but it does come down to estate planning. Mm-hmm. Um, the the thing about sharing copies, so there's different, I have very different opinion. Well, I have one opinion, but there's some different ideas on that, okay? Um, if you, if you, 
share your estate plan with the family members that you trust, that's not a problem. If you do share it with a whole bunch of people, like everybody in the family, and then you decide you want to change it because now you have a misbehaving child or somebody that you don't want to participate or you want to change somebody because you're not trusting them anymore, you don't want them to be your successor trustee, you got to give them the amendment because you're going to have to update. So every time you give people an estate plan, like a copy of your trust, if you update it, you really need to be providing them updates. Or what could possibly happen is you have people coming forward with some other version of like a, a living trust, a copy of a trust or something like that. So I think what is more important than sharing the copies is making sure that you have an estate plan. Um, the attorney that puts it together usually will keep a copy. I mean, I've had lots of clients call me and say, you know, mom and dad passed away. We can't find their trust. We know you're the attorney. You know, we believe this is what happened to it. Do you have a copy? And then we provide that. So I already know you know, where that thing, you know, where it is, okay. you know, as far as the copy, um, you know, sharing it with the family, would that have helped with this? I think in you have, would you have a situation like this where there's an ex-wife typically, as soon as there's a divorce, like in California, if there's a divorce, you got to make sure that in that divorce decree, there's actually an order from the court that all prior estate planning documents are null and void so that you can't have an ex coming back in. I mean, that's the Terry Schiavo case. I mean, it was the, that was the case right. where, you know, she was like brain dead and her family wanted her to stay a lot, you know, to stay on life support and her, and this, you know, the former husband said no. So you went back and forth and every time they unplugged the life support, somebody ran back to court, they plugged that back in, somebody ran to court. So it was this big, big mess. So the, the really what it is, you got to keep your stuff updated and you have to have the records that are important. What I do is if you have an estate plan, share it with the person that you want to administer the estate plan. So if you've assigned your oldest kid to be the successor trustee, and you're pretty convinced he's gonna always wanna be able to do that, then give him a copy. Don't share it with everybody else, because you, when you put in your successor trustees, those are like your most trusted persons. If it's gonna be, if your brother is your successor trustee, because they're gonna have the job of administering the trust, let them have a copy. But I wouldn't share it with the entire family. I would just share it with like the important people, the person that's going to have to administer it and do what it says. Well, his poor mother, you know, just, you know, she, he was actually murdered by new wife, not ex-wife. So he gets divorced. And then this, this, you know, we all know the story. Young, hot blonde comes up and starts wooing him and he falls for her charms and he gets married. And then within two years, he's dead and she's selling off all of his, all of the family's uh, everything related to his estate and the family is like what the huh and and Mm -hmm. so mom's calling her going can I at least you know I know he would want me to have a burial for him and nope um, I'm having him cremated and that actually ended up being a part of the trial it was shown as consciousness of guilt Um, there was these uh, insurance policies um, that people said was questionable that that didn't look like his signature um, things with the vehicles. Basically, I, I guess the solution for this would be a, to, to have somebody independent. And I guess it should be the attorney. Go get your go get get your affairs in order and have it be documented by somebody independent who keeps copies of it so that when you pass, especially if it's under suspicious circumstances, mm-hmm. the family you, you've you've made everything you, you've you've dotted all your I's and crossed all your T's. Right. Right. And I think. You know, in that particular situation, I, it, it, to me, it's like if somebody, if you get remarried, you know, 
make sure your old documents are gone and that you have the new documents. But people, they just get funny about the remarriage and they start to kind of forget about the family. So that's why a lot of times um, when you have a situation like a remarriage, you want mm-hmm. to consider having some type of a prenuptial agreement, you know, a premarital agreement, a prenuptial agreement, and then have an estate plan. Uh, it, you know, it's a tough situation because like if I got remarried, I would want to make sure that, um, or my wife would certainly want to make sure that my, that our children together got my estate rather than some new person in my life. Right. Married and two years and she's got the family farm and she's selling it off. Right. And that was a big mistake of the guy, you know, unfortunately of her, of her husband of being that naive that yeah. here's this person coming in. I think people just think, oh, if I'm, if I'm married to this person, uh, I can totally trust this person. You know, you think that, but don't be that taken mm-hmm. where you're going to turn over all your finances and everything to that person, you know, control it. And what I've seen with people do is like in a, in a, ble- this would be considered a blended family. If anything is they make it so that some of the kids are in charge. You have kind of a, a division of power between families and you try to make sure to take care of your own children, that they're involved with the planning and they're involved with what's going on. So, I mean, Sometimes there's nothing you can do, but this is not an uncommon scenario where the much younger spouse comes in and mm-hmm. then they end up you know, getting all mad at the kids. And that's mm-hmm. why I think when you do an estate plan, if you're in a situation where it's going to be a second marriage, you've got to be really careful and make sure, regardless of how people feel, regardless of the marriage, regardless of how you feel about, about your new person, mm-hmm. is look to your kids and ask the attorney, now, under these circumstances, how do I assure that my new wife can have money mm-hmm. while she's alive and she can live be, you know, and have a fine life and everything, but I want it so that after she passes away, all my money goes to my children or a majority of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you can set up trusts that will do that. What they failed to do was anything like that. It was basically... You know, she was probably left as the successor trustee, probably left as the beneficiary, and then she's just started to take things, probably inappropriately, but then there wasn't any restriction in the trust. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, to see... And, and of course, there was a murder here, but it's just my heart just ached, yeah. you know, for the family members, for this, for the kids that lost the family farm where they grew up. You know, they mm-hmm. you not only lost their dad, but, um, you know, all of his possessions and all of the sentimental items and and the family farm that was that was I think it was like 100 acres or something. You know, I wow. mean, what a family legacy that's just gone. Right. Yeah. All the automobiles and just everything. And it's just uh, she not only uh, he allowed and I and I have to put some blame on him here he allowed himself to not only be wiped away by her but basically have everything that he built with the ex-wife by the way Mm -hmm. um, because she was a part of building that farm and building that estate and um and and he allowed her through lack of estate planning to wipe away everything that he had built and take it away from his family and it's in and my heart just ached so much for his mother and for his children and and it's just and it's all so unnecessary gary quackenbush isn't it it is it is all unnecessary there we we need to put more thought into a having an estate plan and then when you do have an estate plan make sure you understand it what are the implications what if this happens what if i do get divorced from this new person what if we get separated what if i become incapacitated what if she does those are all things that really need to be taken into consideration and people just don't think about it 
No. Well, I guess the good news is the fact that uh-huh. uh, she was such she was a haint, as we call it in the South. That means mean woman, like a mean woman ghost. She was such yeah. a haint to the to the family that it actually ended up being evidence that ended up getting her convicted. So I guess the only good thing in this story out of the bad estate planning, because she because clearly she married him for the money and manipulated him to not have him do any estate planning so she can make off with all of it. And she almost got away with it. I mean, here yeah. is a story to where a murder basically was was almost gotten away with because of failure to do estate planning. I mean, that's really the bottom line here. But in the end, she she was so cruel about it and the way she went about it that it actually ended up getting, in part, getting her convicted. So I guess that's the good news. Um, huh. But people need to be handling their business because there's no reason for the family to have suffered. And he might be alive today. If he had gotten his yeah. estate planning done, she might have just said to him up front if he was going to do all that, no, thank you, I'll, I'll move on to somebody else. So, you know, there's there's that mm-hmm. angle to it as well. So thank you for being here and sharing your wisdom on that. I started to call you on Saturday because I was so, so bugged by the story. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dayline no, and, NBC. And I know we talked. Yeah. Well, and I, it, yeah, Dayline NBC did the story and just the whole thing is really tragic. And you just kind of see just tragedy after tragedy. Mm-hmm. It's like this wrong step after wrong step. And yeah, if you take the time to think through it and go, okay, this isn't a perfect world. Look at all the statistics. I'm not going to be married. This is my second marriage. The chances are I'm not going to be in this very long. I've got to protect my children, my family, the ones that put this thing together. Mm-hmm. But we just don't think. People don't no. think. And they need to take care of business. I think that's the thing. You need to – Um, I heard a saying long, long ago that I it stuck in my head. And this was – I don't. I think I was a, a teenager. I heard somebody say, you need to take the time to do the things you need to do along the way. It was literally yeah. that you need to take the time to do the things you need to do along the way, you know, smell the roses, do all that kind of thing. But you've got to do what you've got to do. And a lot of us just get lazy and sloppy. Yeah. And this is what happens. You leave wreckage. Right. I mean, no estate plan. Oh, my gosh. How many times do we see no estate plan? Somebody dies and it's a total train wreck. Yeah. It's like what a way to leave your legacy is a disaster. Yeah. And, so and this, sorry and this, that happened to yeah. the guy. But, you know, well, and this was a good guy who apparently loved his family and nobody ever had a bad thing to say about him. And, you know, so it's, it is a tragic story. So a cautionary tale for everybody out there. Handle your business. Don't let your lust, your love, your heart or whatever um, distract you from using your brain and taking care of your family. Tell everybody how they can get a hold of you, Gary Quackenbush, and make it happen for their family. 855-500-TRUST. 855-500-TRUST. Thank you for being here, and thanks for the laughs, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for everything you do. Bye, Andrea. Bye. All right, y'all bye, stay everybody. T- bye, everybody. Bye, not by Gary, not by everyone, because I'm going to be back. We're going to take a skinny, tiny little break, and then we'll, we will be back on the other side. This is the Andrea K. Show on AIM 1170, The Answer, FM 96.1 North County, and streaming all over the world. Andrea K., the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Two more segments here to share with you guys. Um, we're going into two weeks. There's so many people out there that don't even don't even realize we still have elections happening in this country. One of which is the most contested race, I think, in the country, even even as much in some ways as the congressional races. And it's the governor of Al, uh, of Arizona race. And Carrie Lake has not conceded. I think everybody, including Newsmax, has called the race for Katie Hobbs at this point. And Carrie Lake is like, not so fast. Here's what she had to say today. 
What happened to Arizonans on Election Day is unforgivable. Tens of thousands of Maricopa County voters were disenfranchised. Now, I am busy here collecting evidence and data. Rest assured, I have assembled the best and brightest legal team, and we are exploring every avenue to correct the many wrongs that have been done this past week. I'm doing everything in my power to right these wrongs. My resolve to fight for you is higher than ever. This movement started in Arizona, and it quickly expanded to all 50 states. It's a movement of mama bears and papa bears and students and Arizonans who love this country, who want secure borders, who want schools that prepare their children for the real opportunities that are out there. It's a movement of Arizonans who want safe streets once again and want the drug crisis to come to an end. It's a movement of Arizonans who want prosperity and the pursuit of happiness. That movement is stronger than it ever has been. And I can promise you one thing. This fight to save our republic has just begun. I love you, Arizona, and I love you, America. Great speech. Great speech. They're doing everything they can um, to, to try to steal it from her. There is. Can you imagine if Democrats waited hours and hours and hours in a Democrat in a Democrat polling area in a Democrat district to get inside to have their to have the ballots not work to be told we just go drop that off over in door number three over there. Or, or to be told after waiting hours that they need to go to another polling station. There was people that drove around to multiple different stations to be told when they got to the next one that you had already voted because they didn't tell anybody when they told them to go to another polling station. They didn't tell them you have to check out of the one you were already at, right? Why didn't they tell them that? This was voter suppression. There's no other excuse for it. And then it was Mark Kelly himself, a Democrat. Harmeet Dillon filed a lawsuit. That night to ask for the polls to be open for three more hours. What have we been hearing now for two years? Stacey Abrams refused to concede the governorship in Alabama and Georgia because voter suppression. Because these Democrats claim voter suppression literally if they don't get to drive through a fast food place and vote in Texas, which was real. Texas removed that. They removed the drive through voting situation in Texas. And the Dem- Democrats complained that Republicans were trying to stop black people from voting. But it was the Democrats who engaged in flat out, no other way to describe it, but voter suppression. With all these machines and everything that happened, Harmeet Dillon files a lawsuit that says keep the polls open just three more hours. And Mark Kelly, Democrat, fought it. And a Democrat appointed judge denied the request to keep the polls open. We know. We know that thousands and thousands of voters were suppressed and their vote was. And that's just a part of the rigged system and the scheme that's going on there in Arizona. Now we've got about all this ballot curing. I'd never heard about all this ballot curing before this year. Had you, Skins? I'd heard about it before, but I didn't really think that it would ever come into some serious play. And I guess that's what they're really trying to do in Arizona is to cure every single questionable ballot. Right. So this is how the Democrats are going to. This is the other thing they're going to do to steal. If you don't like the word steal, well, you know, plug your ears. This is how they're going to steal elections. They come up with it's actually brilliant if you think about it. Under the phony guise of it's not it's voter suppression. If you don't provide the convenience that that Democrats want. Um, 
So we've got to now not only provide all the methods for, of convenience to vote in advance, but then after people have voted, then we've got to go back and check their votes. In fact, this um, was part of what went on in 2000 in Florida. Remember the hanging chads? There was all these lawsuits going on because what the Democrat Party was trying to do was interpret. They were trying to cure the ballots in 2000. Instead of it being a situation to where a hanging chad was, it's clear that somebody tried to push to try to to press through the paper ballot to vote for this individual. They just didn't push all the way through. And so a little bit of the paper was still connected in 2000. What was denied the Democrat Party, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but what Democrats wanted to do was, if it wasn't pushed through, was there a pencil mark on there? Could we cure that ballot by interpreting and reading the minds of the voter? They really, they really meant to push that through because we see a little bit of ink there, right? So now, see, this is how Democrats, they, they get an idea and then it, it starts to take root somewhere and then it grows because it's unopposed by the Republican Party. So now we've got... Not only do we not have election day anymore, not only do we not have everything, all this early voting and all this mail-in ballots, now we have post-election day curing ballots, i.e., we never had that before, right, Skins? If you went in and voted and you did something stupid with your paper ballot, like not pushing the hole all the way through, then you just didn't get to vote. It was about individual responsibility. Now we've got to make sure that we're actually correcting votes from people that were that, that didn't care enough or didn't do it right in the first place. It's so good that these politicians actually can read our minds and make right. votes for us, Andrea. It's the it's the excuse of um, you know it, it, all all these excuses are just about providing a mechanism that the Democrats can use. And the Republican Party, by the way, are they curing? Are they down there curing? I don't know. Mitch McConnell, he didn't have a team of anybody there. Ronna McDaniel, she didn't have a team of anybody there that I'm aware of. Harmeet Dillon's on the ground. What I don't know, uh, Carrie Lake said that she has assembled um, a, a great legal team. There are some people that are wondering why there have not already been lawsuits filed. Um, I think that if it's not past the point of like a statute of limitation, I don't know. I don't know election laws. I don't know. I'm not an attorney. I don't know. Sometimes firing off a lawsuit too quickly can backfire. So I don't know if this is a strategic play that there haven't been lawsuits filed yet. I don't know enough about what's going on there. But I like the fact that um, in the meantime, while this is dragging out, uh, you saw citizen after citizen after citizen going before the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors and just ripping them for what went on there. You're not seeing you're seeing that on the Internet, seeing it on Twitter. You're not seeing that on the mainstream media. But would we not be seeing that if that was happening in an, uh, an urban uh, black or minority area in a Democrat district skins? Yeah, I think we'd be seeing it. I think we'd be seeing it all day, every day. All right, we're going to take a break. Let's let's switch gears again. Let's talk about it's not May 1st. It's not May Day. It's not Workers Unite Day. But what major, I don't know if we'd call them convenience store, coffee shop, coffee slash food outlet, had a workers revolt today. We're going to talk about that when we come back. No contract, no coffee, they say. Workers United. <laughs> Stay tuned. This is the Andrew K. Show. AK, Dynamite in a Dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. 
Peony. <laughs> this has to be a nominee for Stink of the Week, Skins. This has to be Sheila Jackson Lee. First of all, ain't nobody even talking about COVID anymore, right? We're here in flu deaths. And we're back to having the flu reported to us, right? But Sheila Jackson Lee has come forward talking about COVID deaths. What does it's almost like a riddle or like a Jeopardy kind of um, like quiz? I mean, what does um, what does slavery and COVID nineteen deaths have in common? You scratching your head right now? Well, Sheila Jackson Lee has that answer for you. Skins, please play clip six. Stands on the basis of facts. There is no doubt that we have been impacted. That DNA in the trans, uh, the trajectory of slavery to today. For example, at COVID, uh, black African-Americans got COVID at a rate nearly one and a half times higher than that of white people. Or hospitalized at a rate nearly four times higher and three times likely to die. COVID hit us very desperately. Interestingly, a recent peer-reviewed study from Harvard Medical School, Harvard Medical School, suggests that reparations for African-Americans could have cut COVID-19 transmission (laughs) and infection rates both among blacks and the population at large. Reparations are curative. They're not punishment. The analysis continued to look at data uh, throughout the nation. Uh, Okay. Okay. Did I actually just hear that? That should be that should they need to bring back in living color and make a skit out of that. OK, with the sister, Damon Way and sister. She was the one that used to do Larry. Remember, she'd sit out in the front and like the in like the lounge chair and like talk to all the neighbors. Now you want to gossip, but you didn't hear that from me. Right. Remember her? She needs to do Sheila Jackson Lee because here this woman has said that African-Americans have died at a higher rate and had worse than covid because of slavery. And that if they were paid money, they'd have been cured. That's the magic money. That's the magic money that I didn't know that the U.S. Treasury could cure COVID with just by writing a check, Skins. Oh, maybe they're, you know, the, the Treasury's in league with the NIH. They got some great things going on. <laughs> I mean, I guess um, I, somehow Fauci was going to take that money and somehow whip it up in his little in his little laboratory and whip out something that was going to magically cure. I mean, this is the insanity. But but we're laughing. But there's people people out there that are going to believe that they're going to go. Yeah, you know what? That's right. In part because Fauci lied. The reality is we know that covid had almost zero effect on the young, that it was almost entirely about senior citizens with multiple comorbidities. And the younger people that died, it was straight up about obesity. The comorbidities that made somebody at the highest risk of getting a a bad case and dying from COVID had multiple comorbidities. It was obesity, type 2 diabetes, and heart disease. And typically when you have obesity, you have type 2 diabetes, adult onset diabetes, and you have heart disease. Damaging your immune system in such a way is going to leave you more vulnerable to catching a virus. And by the way... There were lots of white people that had those comorbidities, seniors and non-seniors, primarily seniors, that died from COVID. So, I mean, to, to, to be so despicable that you would try to use COVID to try to claim that slavery has caused black people to get COVID uh, and, and die from COVID and that they could have been cured with some money. It's just absolutely, it's demented. It's, it's despicable. It's gross. It's gross. By the way, speaking of Jeopardy, they're in some hot water 
right now, <clears throat> I guess uh, it's funny because before I heard this story, uh, we had Jeopardy. We had that channel. In fact, it's up right now in here on the monitors. And I was thinking the other day it was one of the actresses, uh, Maya Bialik, who's one of the I guess they rotate the host. And I looked up the other day and I thought, does anybody still watch Jeopardy now that Alec Trebek is gone? And I was like, well, maybe it's not. You know, what's funny. I love the game. It's It's not the same without Alec. Yeah, and so then I hear, at, just after I, I saw, I, I looked up and I wondered about if anybody was still watching Jeopardy, I saw a, a story, and I don't have it in front of me, so I can't quote it, um, but they had a question on there, and the question had to do with, the answer had to do with the Ever, Everglades, and the question, in order to, um, they didn't just say, where in Florida would this, you know, this creature and then show a crocodile roaming or, you know, around? Where would you typically sign this? No, what they did, and then the answer would be the Everglades, right? What they did was they said, um, where do crocodiles roam? I'm paraphrasing. Where do crocodiles roam and Brian Laundrie's body found in Florida? And the answer was the Everglades. Well, the Brian Laundrie family who murdered Gabby Petito, and by the way, I guess the Gabby Petito family won a $3 million wrongful death lawsuit. I'm not sure the particulars and who that was filed against. Was that against the police that did, that uh, failed to help in the Moab stop? Or was that, you know, his family who clearly covered for him and hit him out um, for to avoid justice, which he did by killing himself? Um, but anyway, um, that was really, really poor taste. Alec Trebek supposedly was involved in a lot of the questions. He didn't write all of them because you think about how many questions per night are put out there in the course of a game. But to to phrase a question using the answer is the Everglades and you've got to use Brian Laundrie who murdered a young woman and then killed himself in the Everglades. You've got to use that as part of your question. Maybe the show has jumped the shark and people aren't watching anymore because that seems pretty desperate. And gross and grotesque. It could be just a reflection of the times we're in that we're, we are a coarse society, like we were talking about with Gary Quackenbush earlier, where we don't have manners anymore. And, um, it, it could be a reflection of society. It could be that people are still watching Jeopardy like before, but I just find that. And let me tell you, I pegged Brian Laundrie as an abuser when I saw the Moab stop while she was still missing. I told people that I believe he killed her at that point. I can't stand Brian Laundrie. Uh, hopefully he's very thirsty where he is right now. Um, but it was still in poor taste. It was still in poor taste. And not just for the Laundrie, but Gabby Pacito, her family. Um, let's see. I think we've got, no, we don't have time. I was going to play this clip that, that uh, Sheila Jackson Lee was my nominee for stink of the week for the, doesn't mean she's going to win stink of the week, but that was a clip as a nominee for stink of the week. I was going to play this one from Marjorie Taylor green as a nominee for hero, but I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to save it. Um, I'm loving where she's going. Oh, by the way, she said there's word out that she supported Kevin McCarthy as leader because he promised her he would do an investigation of the Jan 6 defendants, which was a smart move on her part, if that's true. All right, we'll see you all tomorrow on our Friday night show, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Email me at Andrea K. Show. Love you all. Peace out. Three. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.